what it is what's up start a podcast with 17 percent of my computer left in the cut the tell us a societal podcast and uh we have dragon ball super dbs the series that time has forgotten and the funniest thing about dragon ball super the manga is that with the moral arc and with the anime being done at least until 2022 uh it's officially knowing that now um we're kind of at this point where this thing has its own identity for a little bit longer and large in part what is happening here will predicate how if super will be successful in the next two or three years um i'm sure the animated portion will probably it mentioned unis like um the, the little teaser they gave in Goku Day mentioned a person that was unexpected, I believe. Uh, not not unforeseen, but unexpected. So I would think that it's going to be an animation-only thing that probably bridges the time between Super and Immoral Arc. Um, not like... Uh, the, 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 the not Jujutsu, the Demon Slayer movie, which I think everybody with that and with the Jujutsu Cosmo is also supposed to come out, I believe, pretty soon, JJK Zero. Um, with those happening, everybody expects to have more anime movies. And I mean, you know, I think, you know, Super had their own thing where they had a movie cover an arc. It just wasn't a manga arc, it was just a arc. Uh, the manga did kind of like do a time skip over the actions that happened, but um, it would make sense. I mean, you had that movie set up the moral arc, kind of, sorta, and then you can have an anime only follow the manga that connects one manga arc to another, and then timelines add up or line up from there. When I do the moral arc animated in 2022, 2023, maybe. Uh, so it makes sense to me, I think, but it's up to them, you know, how they want to go about doing that. But getting back into the context of what we're actually reading, chapter 72, uh, Saiyans and Cerulean, um, I'm going to cut, well, I really don't have to cut, this, this is a pretty straightforward chapter, there's a couple of things, I'll try to break it up to three things that, you know, I appreciated from this chapter, um, you really get the, um, like they, they do a pretty masterful job, I think, of really showing um, the value uh, of this this power boost that that what Granola had. I forgot his name for a good minute. Granola has had, and it, you know it's hard because unlike the majority of powerful villains, he's not much of a beam user. He's not just like crazy sadistic. I'm gonna blow up the power, or blow up the um, universe, so he doesn't like show a massive amount of power. So they're displaying his, I guess, advantage he has over these Saiyans, kind of similar to how Miras was shown to be on another level than Moro by accuracy, uh, foot speed, hand speed, technique. In terms of fighting, the intricacies of like maybe Dragon Ball OG that kind of got lost in the latter house of Super, and I, I you know I for one appreciate that, that they can 
actually show someone being powerful without and they, they do give him a couple moments that you know are kind of more so to to connect what here's the here's the second point i guess they kind of connect what granola is good at with what goku and Vegeta have been training in which you know i mean i think no matter what we'd be okay with them showing some kind of flashy new ability or, or at least progression what they have because granola obviously is going to be the main villain for this art that's just i think you know guarantee but um i think we do a good job of you know showing that okay what you guys are working towards there's still an individual possibly more individuals that are better than you with this because he uses what's referred to as vegeta and i believe it's intentional i, I mean i don't think the world of uh toriyama and toyotaru but i think this is clearly intentional in having vegeta say it's similar to destruction and then Goku outwardly says, does that mean he can use our techniques? So, I mean, this isn't just for show. I mean, this is clearly something that has a relevancy going forward. And also you have him being able to adjust to culture instinct. Um, he even mentions explicitly, uh, let me find the page. Yeah. So, your reaction time is incredibly fast. I can tell that your body moves on its own before your pain, brain even processes uh, incoming attacks. Uh, a flawless fighter cannot hide his vital points. I observe your blood and muscle movements. This right eye of mine is sharpest in the universe. It sees all. So, yeah, um, his, his right eye is the hard counter to UI at this very moment. Even with the ability to move the way he can. Um, I think it's more because who Goku is and his flaws with UI that make this the problem more so than technique. Because Goku has been told multiple times that you use this properly and you have a lapse in ability where you let your guard down um, pretty much like almost intentionally with how he does it in the timing he has with it. Typically very bad timing. So that going along with that, this guy has what at the very least appears to be if he can get a hit off on the Ultra Instinct Goku, it's going to be potentially fatal. I mean, these are just kind of body shots. He's not even trying to go for the kill necessarily. And then as we said, he has destruction energy potentially, um, or at least something that seems very similar in structure to it. So I'm just glad they were able to tie that up together. Um, let's see... What's the third thing I liked about this? Um, yeah, the third thing I think, and this, you know, I kind of learned of this from Geekdom 101, and he covers the Dragon Ball uh, associated franchises such as the, um, not Fusion, Dragon Ball Heroes, Dragon Ball Heroes anime. And that, that was all about, like, the most recent episode of that, you know, most recent being, like, about 10 days ago was centered around Vegeta accepting, kind of being chastised for not being evil anymore by evil Saiyans, given evil power, and then taking that evil power and turning it into good power. Because, as he basically put it, there's no good and evil when you're a Saiyan. You're kind of just, you're fighting for, you know, your life, your pride, etc, etc. And Vegeta has, with his training with Beerus in this universe, been pushed into this direction of kind of channeling 
some of his prior destructive, like, you know, kind of abilities and personality traits. And, and Beerus actually, like, tapped me into that a little bit in his training. So, and Vegeta, his past also is very important um, in being trained by the Yard Rats in the previous arc. So it's clear as a whole that the Dragon Ball universe, I don't think it's a coincidence, the Dragon Ball universe, the franchise, is having Vegeta circle back to moments of his past and the past of Saiyans for something. Now, it could be Planet Salad in, you know, the next arc. It could be a time traveling to, to, other, to meet other Saiyans. They could just introduce another Saiyan. Or they could introduce Broly and have him connect to this somehow. They have a thousand ways they can go with this. But the point being is that clearly there is a moment of relevancy to past sayings that is being harped on in this moment. And Vegeta is obviously going to be the figurehead and face for that past saying uh, sin committed, atrocity committed to Planet Serial. So, hey, basically what I appreciate is going to be a Vegeta moment. <laughs> More than anything, there should be another Vegeta moment pretty soon. I know those are very sparse and a uh, few far in between, but this should be another Vegeta moment and possibly a at-large Saiyan reunion of some sort. So I'm here for that, obviously. Uh, that's going to be about it. You know, uh, what's about 10 minutes in? 9 minutes and 44. Um, shorter episode. Didn't really have much to say. Pretty straightforward episode. Good fighting. Uh, they've done a good job of making this guy seem strong, even though he's not, like I said, a planet bus or anything like that. At least doesn't appear to be. Um, I'm interested to see how they make the electricity family, who definitely appears to have an ace up their sleeve, power level-wise, how they connect that to them. I mean, all, all of the other shit, you know? I, I like this. My only question coming out of this, other than, you know, what does this all mean for Vegeta? is do they have Goku end up going back to Super Saiyan White anyway? Because it's clear that they're trying to kind of compartmentalize the same way they did with Super Saiyan God, the God Key. They're trying to do the same thing with Ultra Instinct into which they can kind of reduce transformations. But initially they reduced Super Saiyan 2 and Super Saiyan 3 pretty much all the way. Even though they did go Super Saiyan in the early part of this chapter, which I actually didn't recognize. I thought it was Super Saiyan uh, Blue, but it was I forgot how they colorized that. It's been a minute. But for the most part, Super Saiyan 2, Super Saiyan 3 are, is gone. I took them teaching Ultra Instinct in his base form and Super Saiyan forms to mean that they want to at least eliminate the imperfect, uh, I think it's UI Omen, that black-haired Super Saiyan form. So if they want to eliminate that, I wouldn't be mad at it. I think that's what they want to do, but we'll see. All right, that's it. Uh, enjoy. Peace.